Behind all of the glamour that comes with being a part of a big-budget superhero blockbuster, there's quite a bit of hard work that goes into pulling off the persona. In most cases, aside from the tedious acting work and lengthy research into DC and Marvel's biggest names, the real intensity of the job comes from the countless hours spent in the gym. While not every actor adheres to such an intense regimen, the likes of Chris Hemsworth and Kumail Nanjiani stuck to a strict routine to become their super-powered alter egos, resulting in impressive body transformations. More often than not, this kind of extensive bodily training is reserved for the big-name players like Captain America or Ant-Man to make sure they're as close to their over-the-top comic book counterparts as possible. The secondary characters, especially those who don't get a lot of on-screen physical action, aren't generally required to take part in this admittedly unsustainable practice. However, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't pump some iron if they feel inclined to shed some pounds, improve their endurance, or generally feel better about themselves. Such is seemingly the case with Jacob Batalon, the actor behind Ned Leeds in the most recent Spider-Man films, who recently revealed his dramatically altered frame. On October 9, 2020, Batalon took to his Instagram account to share with the world a recent mirror selfie, shocking fans by showing off his slim physique. In the caption of the post, he made sure to aim at those who previously body-shamed him when he was heavier, telling them, By the way, while I appreciate the concern, people can stop telling me to lose weight now. Batalon certainly seems very happy with his weight loss and newly muscular physique, and when all is said and done, his opinion is the only one that should matter to him. Still, fans have had a lot to say about Batalon's transformation. In the comments of Batalon's Instagram post, users wrote things like, Well, hello, handsome man! Skinny legend always and forever, and she who is you. Comments were peppered with congratulatory statements and well wishes for Batalon's birthday, as well as flame emojis, astonished face emojis, and flexed bicep emoji. Aside from the comments strictly hyping Batalon up, there were many theorizing that his weight loss might be in preparation for his Spider-Man character to undergo a transformation of his own. In both Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, Batalon plays Ned, the best friend and schoolmate of Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And in the Marvel comics, at one point Ned works as a reporter for the Daily Bugle and is brainwashed into serving as a stand-in for the nefarious villain Hobgoblin. As fans will recall, the Daily Bugle came into play in a different capacity within Far From Home as mid-credits scenes saw J. Jonah Jameson playing doctored footage sent to the DailyBugle.net by Mysterio, which angled Spider-Man as a killer and revealed Peter Parker as the team behind the mask. Putting everything together, fans think that Ned might turn to the dark side in Spider-Man 3, and that Batalon's ripped physique is in direct relation to that. One fan wrote in the comments, Okay, I see what's going on. We're totally getting Ned Hobgoblin in MCU. Another added, Getting that body for Hobgoblin? Love to see it. Whether or not Batalon's body transformation is a sign that Ned will become Hobgoblin in Spider-Man 3 is unknown. But the actor will be able to show off his new physique in the upcoming film no matter what happens to his character. Spider-Man 3 is set to swing into theaters on December 17, 2021. Check out one of our newest videos right here! Plus, even more Looper videos about the MCU are coming soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you don't miss a single one.
What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now as we eagerly anticipate the release date for WandaVision, which we still officially haven't gotten yet, there have been some industry insiders who have pointed towards the end of November as the obvious release date. We also know with the release of Mandalorian, they're not going to run those concurrently, but we have a brand new date that's coming to us via a different platform. We're going to break down when this new release date is and when indeed we may be getting WandaVision officially on Disney+. Plus. We're going to break it all down, but first, if you could grab the subscribe button we're giving away two playstation 4 pros as well as a whole slew of other marvel related stuff including this insane one fourth scale xm studios beta ray bill and our third and final infinity saga box set if you want to be entered to win all you have to do hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and if you want stick around to the end of the video we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there so it was only about a month ago that industry insider charles murphy actually looked at the back end code for the disney plus website and saw that they had a date built in that was indeed november 27th around Thanksgiving for the release of WandaVision, but a different piece of promotional material actually made its rounds around the internet this past weekend that seemed to indicate a different date. As you can clearly see here, this is from Cinema TV on Firestick, which basically has a ton of the streaming services all rolled into one. And you can see clearly at the bottom, it indicates that WandaVision is coming out 2020-1206, of course, the 6th of December, less than 60 days away and a week later than that initial 27th date that was revealed in the back backend code on the website. Now, essentially only being a week or so apart, nine days, this is right around the same time. And it could also be that the backend on the website is simply when they need to launch the promotional material for the actual release on the 6th. One other thing I would offer is that it could also be the case this was the original release date set all the way back earlier this year, and it simply hasn't been updated since Marvel and Disney have changed their plans once, if not twice, already this year. Either way, we know that WandaVision is coming in the next 60 days, and you can bet that once they have a very clear idea of when that date is, Disney isn't going to let that date come and go without a huge announcement. Again, they've been trying to push all of their subscriptions for the better part of this year, and once they get people through the door for Mandalorian, they're not going to want anybody to cancel their subscriptions between then and of course WandaVision's release so they're going to make a huge deal out of it. The final thought that I'm going to leave you with is just this past weekend we have brand new photos from the set of WandaVision leaking out meaning they are still wrapping up filming right now and it could be the case that Marvel doesn't want to set an exact release date until all of the principal photography, that means all of the filming is finished. The only thing left is backend and CGI. They can even be doing that right up until the last weeks of the release. And if you remember with Game of Thrones on HBO, they were doing the same thing, basically getting the CGI done as they were going into week's release. That could be the case for Disney and Marvel Studios. And as we've said many times here at the channel, they don't want to make announcements and then have to change them. They've already done that once or twice this year. I'm guessing Marvel Studios will be a lot more comfortable sharing an official release date with us once the principal photography is finished and of course we will know that as soon as it happens guys let me know all your thoughts down below how hype are you for finally getting some official marvel studios mcu content it's literally been a year and a half since spider-man far from home was released and even longer since avengers endgame how hype are you for this and of all of the things that you don't see coming what do you think is going to be the biggest twist who do you think we're going to see outside of the cast we already know perhaps an avengers cameo from some of the main players let me know all your your thoughts down below and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff 
Before I let you go, we're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark, which we are right around the corner from. We'll easily hit that in the next week or two. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth of scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We've already given away two here at the channel. We'll give this one away during December in the holiday season. We're Regardless of the subscriber count, if you want to be entered to win either of the PlayStations, the Beta Ray Bill, or this third and final Infinity Saga box set, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on, leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos the same way we're doing here, and if you've missed any of this previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do, scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on that video, and scroll to the end. Guys, if you want to follow me on different platforms, you can find my original music on Spotify under All Fires. You can also find me streaming most nights out of the week over on Twitter. Twitch, that's twitch.tv forward slash Novellan, and of course, sub here at the channel to keep up with all the videos and be entered in the giveaways. My name is Michael Roman. This is Everything Always, guys. Thanks for checking out the channel and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Eight million on the hover bikes, twenty million on the laser cannon, thirty million for the airships, and forty-nine ninety-five for the software that lets me put price tags on video footage. That, that last thing, let's cut that. Am I good businessman? We need to talk about the leadership of this organization. How dare you question my what? What? What the hell is that? An experiment? Now, it's time you- Oh, Jesus, it just pissed out of what I thought was its mouth! It's fine, but aim is not, because you have okay, failed Okay, it just scratched kill me into the linoleum. I said it's fine! <laughs> it's time you step down and let me run aim. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, if these numbers are correct, soon there won't be any aim to run at all. What? We're completely out of cash, even accounting for sales of weapons, stolen vibranium, and bootleg Avengers toys. Some kids prefer Spooderman. Even so, we're bankrupt. Impossible! You are hereby relieved of your status as CPA Supreme and as a living person! Remember, I still need to do your personal taxes, so... I'm sorry. I, I thought this coffee was for everyone. All right, we need big ideas to save AIM. You guys are my brain trust. What have you got for me? Blood car. What's that? It's a car that runs on blood. Terrible. What else? Oh, oh, we watch Wolf of Wall Street and do what the wolf does. You should stop pitching that. What else? Your uh, toilet's broken. <sighs> I like it. I don't understand it, but I like it. I still don't have a bar mitzvah suit. I'm looking for the right fabric. Do you mind if I have a feel real quick? Not at all, son of Modoc. Ooh, stop fondling my brain trust. Dad, one of your dumbasses spilled acid all over my boyfriend. Come on, guys. Acid is expensive. Modoc, can I talk to you for a minute? I was listening at the door, and just my two cents, but... Maybe it's time to let AIM go. Never! Modoc doesn't give up. Flailerg isn't even in my vocabulary. Were you trying to say failure? Yes, I literally deleted it from my memory banks. You don't have to worry. I'm making enough to support us. Maybe it's my turn to take the reins. AIM is Modoc. Modoc is AIM. Without it, I... I wouldn't even know who I am. Wow. If that's true, 
I think we need to have a very serious conversation about what that means for us. Oh, I'll get it. Oh, I hope it's the cool mailman. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. That was the first two official clips released of Hulu's upcoming Marvel series Modoc shown yesterday and as you can tell by the watermarks at New York Comic Con. Now these two pieces of footage came alongside an entire interview with both the creator and writers Jason Blum and the lead actor Patton Oswalt who's playing Modoc in this series. They had a lot to say about not only the stop animation but the narrative and how fresh this take was for the character. They then also had a ton of the cast on hand to talk about the show and the characters that they would be playing. Remember, this is a look at his family life, basically looking at him behind the scenes instead of the normal Modoc that you would expect. And one thing I wanted to say that I thought bigger picture about this overnight as I watched these clips yesterday and then made this video this morning is that take this the same way that you would take a Morbius title from Sony. Look, is there a chance that Modoc was ever going to get his own TV show on Disney Plus in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Maybe, but there might not be room for that, and for some of these more fringe and or ancillary characters in the Marvel universes, I personally would love to see them used in mediums like this, where they might not get their own titles or a lot of play in the live-action universe, but you can get them somewhere else or handled by a different studio. In this case, Hulu will handle him for a stop-action animation show, and or with Morbius, Sony can handle him having his own title, where Morbius might have not made it into the MCU in that sort of way. Guys, let me know all of your thoughts down below what you thought of these clips what you think of this show and if you're hyped for it and quickly let's get into the giveaway stuff before i let you go we're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. If you want to be entered to win, all you have to do and all the same rules will always apply. Subscribe button to keep up with the channel, of course hit that notification bell with notifications turned on. Then, leave a like and a comment on this video and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the videos the same way we're doing here, and if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries, all you have to do, scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement and the sub count in the title, click on that video and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman, this is everything always guys, thanks so much for checking out the channel, stick around, we'll be posting again real real soon. Eight million on the hover bikes, twenty million on the laser cannon, thirty million for the airships, and forty-nine ninety-five for the software that lets me put price tags on video footage. That, that last thing, let's cut that. Am I good businessman? We need to talk about the leadership of this organization. How dare you question my what? What? What the hell is that? An experiment? Now, it's time you- Oh, Jesus, it just pissed out of what I thought was its mouth! It's fine, but aim is not, because you have okay, failed to- Okay, it just scratched kill me into the linoleum. I said it's fine! <laughs> it's time you step down and let me run aim. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, if these numbers are correct, soon there won't be any aim to run at all. What? We're completely out of cash, even accounting for sales of weapons, stolen vibranium, and bootleg Avengers toys. Some kids prefer Spooderman. Even so, we're bankrupt. 
Impossible! You are hereby relieved of your status as CPA Supreme and as a living person! Remember, I still need to do your personal taxes. So. I'm sorry. I, I thought this coffee was for everyone. All right. I need big ideas to save AIM. You guys are my brain trust. What have you got for me? Blood car. What's that? It's a car that runs on blood. Terrible. What else? Oh, oh, we watch Wolf of Wall Street and do what the wolf does. You should stop pitching that. What else? Your, uh, toilet's broken. <sighs> I like it. I don't understand it, but I like it. I still don't have a bar mitzvah suit. I'm looking for the right fabric. Do you mind if I have a feel real quick? Not at all, son of Modoc. Lou, stop fondling my brain trust. Dad, one of your dumbasses spilled acid all over my boyfriend. Come on, guys. Acid is expensive. Modoc, can I talk to you for a minute? I was listening at the door, and just my two cents, but maybe it's time to let AIM go. Never! Modoc doesn't give up. Flailerg isn't even in my vocabulary. Were you trying to say failure? Yes, I literally deleted it from my memory banks. You don't have to worry. I'm making enough to support us. Maybe it's my turn to take the reins. AIM is Modoc. Modoc is AIM. Without it, I, I wouldn't even know who I am. Wow. If that's true... I think we need to have a very serious conversation about what that means for us. Oh, I'll get it. Well, I hope it's the cool mailman. Welcome back, everyone. It's Charlie. This is going to be my new Avengers Modoc trailer for the new Marvel series that they're doing early next year. So I'll explain what's going on with this, where it fits in the timeline, and what they're doing with the character, big Marvel Phase 4 movie Easter eggs with Modoc. So if you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe to get everything. We'll do a new Amazon giveaway. All you have to do to enter is be a subscriber. And since they're doing a very robot chicken-like take on the series, let me know which other characters you want them to bring on the show and make fun of. So we'll number these as we go along just to stay organized. But if you have no idea what's going on with this or you didn't know that they were doing a MODOK TV series, it's a very robot chicken-looking Marvel series about the MODOK character as he tries to run AIM from one of the guys from Family Guy, American Dad, Seth MacFarlane's team. He also worked on Community at the same time the Russo brothers were working on Community. So a bit of a Marvel connection going way back with Patton Oswalt playing the MODOK character. And some of the other actors you'll probably recognize. Like they have Ben Schwartz, who was just the voice of Sonic. He also did a bunch of Robot Chicken episodes back in the day. You probably recognize the voice of the daughter that MODOK has, played by the person from Brooklyn Nine-Nine here and the person from Lucifer. So there's a lot of very meta stuff going on with this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the reason why it looks like Robot Chicken is because it's made by the Robot Chicken team at Stupid Buddy Studios. So totally, it's also very similar to Robot Chicken in the way it parodies Marvel Avengers characters. It's just that because this is a Marvel series, unlike Robot Chicken, most of their jokes will probably just be about Marvel stuff. So not so much DC stuff. But to be fair, they do actually reference Marvel Avengers characters all the time on the live-action Flash TV show. So technically, there's no actual rule about what they can make fun of. I think they're just not allowed to have DC characters show up on screen. But the basic plot of the series, when episode 1 picks up, is that MODOK has run AIM into the ground with all his failed schemes to destroy the Avengers and take over the world. So with the company in ruins, an evil version of Google swoops in to try and buy the company and revitalize it the way a normal business would reorganize itself to become profitable again. They basically tell MODOK that you can still orchestrate all your evil schemes to destroy the Avengers, take over the world, but they tell him he has to make AIM profitable by the end of the year or that's it. And it goes in a very arrested development direction with him being kind of like the Michael character at the center of it all trying to run AIM the way he wants to be this supreme being but having to put up with all these people around him being like the Bluth family either incompetent idiots or they force him to attend too many meetings 
So he slowly starts to spiral out of control as he loses control of the company and the character himself is all about control. As you also saw during the trailer, they gave him a family that you've never met before in the comics that he goes home to every night, apparently in New Jersey. That's where MODOK lives within the context of this series. That feels like a very robot chicken thing to do. Like MODOK has a life of his own outside of AIM and he lives in New Jersey with his wife and children. Like one of the children here looks like a giant floating head just like MODOK, but the other kid played by Ben Schwartz looks normal. The really cool thing that Patton Oswalt and the showrunner said is that they were allowed to use big X-Men characters. They were really surprised by it. They were like, Marvel's really gonna let us do this? We pulled from everywhere. Uh, so like Patton said, yes, there's some X stuff. Hopefully we're allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's just leave it at that. You notice behind the showrunner there, he has a bunch of X-Men comics and he even held up a bunch of classic trading cards from X-Men the Animated Series, which makes me wonder if a lot of the parody and Easter eggs and references they make during the series are for X-Men the Animated Series. I think it's a little bit easier for them to use X-Men characters like that before the live action MCU movies and TV shows do just because it is animation, there's more suspension of disbelief, so it's a little bit easier to get away with stuff like that. They said that what they did is they treated the MCU canon the same way Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse treated the Spider-Man canon. They pull from everything that's come before, all the TV shows, every comic book, every big MCU movie, everything together at the same time, canonizing it through the show. The same way that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse did Miles Morales, but it also did Tobey Maguire live-action Spider-Man movie Easter eggs, Spider-Pig, Black and White Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Gwen, Penny Parker from the future, and Spider-Man 2099, just to name a few things. So imagine the robot chicken people doing something more like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but just traditionally with Marvel Avengers characters. Originally, the Marvel people behind this and a bunch of other animated shows they were developing for Hulu were going to do a new version of the Netflix Defender-style team-up with animated shows. They were going to do the MODOK show, they were going to do a Hitmonkey show, Tigra and Dazzler series, and the Howard the Duck animated series that Kevin Smith was working on. All those characters were eventually going to cross over in a Netflix Defender-style crossover series called The Offenders. So obviously, they're trading very heavily on Defenders Netflix references. But then what happened is, is they reorganized Marvel TV under Marvel Studios. Kevin Feige took over the development of all the TV series and some of them got canceled. So they wound up canceling the Tigra and Dazzler series. I also believe they did cancel the Howard the Duck series Kevin Smith was working on, but they are still doing the MODOK series, obviously, and they're still doing the Hitmonkey TV series. I don't really know anything about what's going on with that Hitmonkey series, but the MODOK episodes, Pat Oswalt said, will probably wind up dropping early next year. The big thing you may have heard recently about MODOK during the Marvel Phase 4 live-action movies is that originally he was supposed to be the main villain of Ant-Man 3, but then recently they just cast someone who's going to be Kang the Conqueror, so it sounds like they're going more in a Kang Time War direction with Young Avengers stuff. Most of you have also been playing the Marvel Avengers game, MODOK a very big character during that. Obviously it's more of an Inhumans plot than it is an X-Men plot. I do think it's really cool that they're finally letting them do new X-Men stuff in new Marvel projects. So hopefully because this is animation, they can just do whatever they want. And the funny thing about Patton Oswalt playing MODOK, because it does sound like he was born to play this character, is that he said when they got the initial call to come on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the first version of the Koenig character, he thought that they were calling him to play MODOK. He also wound up showing up during the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. during their big Avengers Endgame time travel storyline as a version of the Koenig's grandfather from the 1930s. I don't know what their long-term plan is for this MODOK animated series, if it'll make it multiple seasons. They have a great pedigree, they have a great cast, great writers, and it seems like it's going to be pretty solid. 
But the whole thing going forward now with Marvel TV series is that most of them are coming through Disney Plus and their big Avengers level TV shows all coming from Kevin Feige. They really want to get you to pay for that Disney Plus, so that's why all their biggest stuff is coming through Disney Plus. They also have that Hellstrom TV show that's premiering in a couple weeks that's trading heavily on their Ghost Rider and their darker Midnight Suns mythology. So we'll see what that actually ends up looking like because that's definitely not going beyond season one. They sort of canceled it after they finished season one, so it'll be a limited series. What'll be happening really soon though is that we'll get the Mandalorian season two episodes. Obviously I'll be doing videos for that. As long as you have alerts enabled for my channel, you should see all those videos when I post them. And then after that, we'll get the Avengers WandaVision episodes. So there's some really big stuff coming up later this year. While you wait for everything, everyone click here for the boys season three teaser trailer and click here for my brand new Avengers WandaVision trailer. Thank you so much for watching. Everyone stay safe. I'll see you guys tonight. What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name is Michael Roman and over the last couple of weeks we've gotten a ton of set photos from both the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and more notably WandaVision. Now it's the most recent set photos that we got that really had fans scratching their heads and if you went to Twitter and saw this photo it was absolutely blowing up. We're going to break down what photo they're talking about, which dead Avenger looks like they're returning during WandaVision and what other option this could probably be. We're going to break it all down but first if you could grab the subscribe button we're giving away two playstation 4 pros as well as a whole slew of other marvel related stuff including this insane one-fourth scale xm studios beta ray bill and our third and final infinity saga box set if you want to be entered to win all you have to do hit the subscribe button then hit the notification bell leave a like and a comment on this video and if you want stick around to the end of the video We'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So we already know that the multiverse is going to be a door and a dimension towards a lot of things. Some crazy things, including maybe even bringing back dead Avengers and members of Scarlet Witch's past. She has a magical power to be able to manipulate reality. We also understand that the multiverse may be a play as this is going to lead into the multiverse of madness. Well, it's this most recent set photos that really set Twitter ablaze. A group of photos that show a mystery blonde getting out of a sprinter on set and when you take a very close look at the profile of this picture there's a couple of angles Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow fans absolutely lost their mind as this sure looks like Black Widow now of course considering that this is a pocket reality and things in this reality may not be real if she's truly back from the dead it could only be in this dimension but the fact that they would be returning this Avenger after she so poignantly died at the end of Avengers Endgame, and of course, after we know that the very first kickoff from Marvel Phase 4 was a Black Widow prequel solo film, it's very interesting that this is one of the characters that we may choose to see. Now, I want to make mention now that Kevin Feige has said many times, and we've already confirmed here at the channel again, they reached out to Hugh Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart. They were considering having them reprise their roles as X-Men. Everything is in play. If you're going to include all of the ancillary cinematic universes, then of course dead Avengers in your own MCU are definitely in play to come back. And again, if it's only in this pocket universe, this isn't Scarlett Johansson Black Widow actually returning to the MCU. She's only returning in some sort of form 
inside that universe but it is very interesting to consider that this is one of the avengers that they would bring back and why which makes this the perfect time to mention that some major publications have already weighed in on these three photos and said that this is indeed Catherine Hahn. you just can't tell because of the mask and the wig but i've looked at all three photos and i've looked at the profiles the things that people have been posting on twitter and i'm not so sure that this is Catherine Hahn. they bear a resemblance but not too much on the side of the profile and again that's total speculation but it does make a lot of sense when you consider other things when you think back about all the scenes connecting natasha romanoff and wanda maximoff there really aren't that many it didn't seem like they shared too tight of a bond during the infinity saga i mean wanda maximoff came in play during age of ultron scarlett johansson on the opposite side during their bout in civil war then you think about the rest of the films it's unclear what the direct connection would be unless she's manifesting members of the avengers along the way alongside her dead family members and of course if she's bringing members back from the dead at all scarlett johansson would be there that's where you get that line from the trailer where katherine hahn who's presumably playing agatha harkness asks vision am i dead he asks why would you think that and she says because you are we already know that there's going to be dead members back vision is one of them scarlett johansson could somehow make her way back in this film it's just super interesting considering Black Widow should have come as a precursor to this, and now because of the shakeup to Marvel Phase 4, we may see her back during this film instead of what may have been an intro in Black Widow that might have had an explainer or two, and this all falls back on what we were saying about the Marvel Phase 4 slate perhaps being a little bit contingent on its release order. That's what's locking Marvel in, having to move the whole slate over, and if they delay things too long, then things are going to start to build up, the films that is, and they won't be able to explain the ones that are coming. That's why you can't just release them in any order. You have to go in the way that the story is being told. We've already speculated that Falcon in the Winter Soldier would indeed hold some clues to Black Widow as well. And of course, the original plan to see Black Widow first and then have Falcon and the Winter Soldier some months later show up on Disney+, Plus, which would have been August, and explain some of the plot details. Now it looks as though we're going to get Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a precursor to Black Widow alongside WandaVision, and who knows what details in tow they may have to change. Luckily, they're doing reshoots right now on both WandaVision and Falcon in the Winter Soldier, and as we speculated yesterday, it's those exact reshoots that are holding them back from announcing official release dates. We know WandaVision will be hitting Disney Plus in the next 60 days, we just don't know when, and as I've speculated many times, Marvel Studios is going to feel a lot more comfortable announcing an official release date when all of the principal photography is done, then we'll finally find out. Now, as far as Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow returning, or any of the other dead Avengers we may see, including Vision, I think there's a huge difference between this pocket reality, WandaVision's reality warping powers, and the actual universe 616, or whatever you want to call the main continuity for what we're used to in our reality. Of course, that hasn't been explained just yet, and with the lead-in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, it's pretty obvious that whatever WandaVision is doing is going to upset the balance in some way. We just don't understand exactly how that is. And with these dead Avengers returning, whether it be Natasha Romanoff's Black Widow, Vision, maybe even her brother Petro, or if we should see other members from ancillary cinematic universes somewhere along the way, say Spider-Man 3 with all of this talk of new Spider-Verse and or 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, whether or not that will be permanent in the 616, and yes, I refer to the main Marvel Cinematic continuity as that, that's what it's meant to replicate, it, it's not exactly the 616, but if that's all there to stay is yet to be foreseen as the Multiverse of Madness and Doctor Strange may be the culmination event in 2022 we need to tie all of this together, meaning any of these characters that return may not be permanent, just semi-permanent in this pocket reality unless Marvel intends on leaving the door wide open, which would lead us to Ant-Man 3 and the introduction of Kang, and of course, Loki's going to do his part in messing up the balance and having the Time Variance Authority TVA, as we saw in the trailer for that when we got the first look of all three Disney series to tie all this up. Guys, this is a little bit complicated, but when you look back at this picture, is there anybody else you think this could be? There are a ton of comparison photos on Twitter. It is impossible to deny that the profile here is extremely similar on the faces. The only final thought I'll leave you with and something we have speculated and has been rumored in the past is that Lady Gaga is indeed trying to join the MCU. And as some people pointed out, even though this is most certainly Scarlett Johansson, it does bear sort of a resemblance to Lady Gaga. There's a chance it could be her. She's been rumored to be involved with Guardians of the Galaxy. Perhaps Lady Gaga. Guys, let me know. Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, Lady Gaga, or maybe someone else. Who do you think it is in this photo? I am all ears. And what do you think this means for WandaVision? Let me know. And quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark, which we are right around the corner from. And then we'll switch over to the PlayStation 5. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill and our third and final Infinity Saga box set. We gave away two here at the channel earlier this year. We're giving away this third and final one during the holiday season, regardless of the subscriber count. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes here at the channel or any of the future prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell to keep up with the channel. Leave a like and a comment on this video. And because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of the videos the same way we're doing here. And if you've missed any of the previous winner announcements, no worries. All you have to do is scroll back to the channel, look for the winner announcement in the sub count in the title, click on this video and scroll to the end. My name is Michael Roman. This is everything always. Guys, thanks so much for checking out the channel and stick around. We'll be posting again real, real soon. Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the podcast that gives you too much information about how WandaVision simulated reality might be a pocket universe that we also live in. What? Oh, I'm Eric Voss, and tumbling down this conspiracy rabbit hole with me is Tommy Bechtold. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, Eric? Hello, everyone. How are you? Great to be here. Are any of us still alive? Are, have we ever been alive? Are we just a piece of digital code in some greater framework that we're unable to see? What is time? Is there money in heaven? All of these questions and more will be answered. <laughs> Hopefully, but let's try to encapsulate it in this week's big question. What yes. is it this week? Oh, Eric, the question we have, uh, as we have alluded to slightly, simply, are we living in a simulation? <laughs> We're being for real, folks. Yeah. This is an important question yeah. now more than yes. ever. Oh, shit. We're going there. So let's do this thing!
Look, I don't know about you, Tommy, but when that WandaVision trailer came out, it hit really close to home yeah. I, for many of us. And it's because the way it seems to be evoking concepts like the Truman Show, The Matrix, Inception, that whole mm. nagging notion that our lives in 2020 are so nightmarish that it feels like we could be living in a simulated reality. This whole idea of a simulated reality is uh, it's a conspiracy theory. That is mm. going to let's say that out of the gate. There is no evidence to point to it other than the lack of evidence to the contrary, right. which is not evidence, but it, it is used as proof in conspiracy theory thinking. I've connected the two dots. You didn't connect shit, but I've connected them. We here at New Rockstars like to keep our conspiracy theories as total conspiracies. <laughs> conspiracy confined yeah. to fictional universes yes but the truth is nothing is more true right now for many of us than questioning our reality and i really want to shine a light on some of these concepts so that you know you watching at home don't get accidentally sucked into these things by accident which is how they get you that's right Next thing you know, you're believing the Earth is round and that we went to the moon. <laughs> we don't want people thinking that kind of bogus no. bullshit. So we're going to be talking about the whole idea of the simulated reality, how WandaVision seems to be suggesting that for at least this Marvel universe in the show. And mm. by the end of this, Tommy, my goal is to convince you that you are living in my simulation. Oh. No convincing needed. That's a dream for me. I've been hoping that that was the case. <laughs> I'll be the puppet and you simply be the guiding hand, easing your way up inside of me, controlling me. <laughs> that invisible hand will never be more visible or more sensual. Yes. Oh, God. Well, uh, let's start from the beginning. Yes. Where did this idea of a simulated reality come from? Just to give you a bit of historical perspective here. Uh, really, ever since the Enlightenment in the 17th century, uh, going forward, there were existentialist philosophers like Rene Descartes who began to wonder in his first meditation that our perceived world might be an illusion created by a demon to deceive us. He famously asked, how can you be certain that your whole life is not a dream? And that essay ended up inspiring a ton of things like Inception that you never know that you're in a dream while you're in it. Mm. Uh, you don't know until you've woken up. So what if we're waiting to wake up from this dream? Around the same time, actually a couple decades later, there's this guy, Samuel Clark, who popularized that master clockmaker theory of the universe that the creator, this divine creator, pieced together and then wound up the machinery of the universe and then stepped back so that everything started to move in a scripted destiny and he would never need to divinely interfere with it. Mm, I like that. A lot of this is religiously linked, right? Like uh, the someone above us created this universe and everything is connected to a clockwork and we don't truly have free will. So a lot of this has been intertwined with a lot of religious thought. But in the modern era, in 1981, uh, Jean Baudrillard wrote Simulacra and Simulation. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. It's a famous book that actually cameos in The Matrix. That's where hmm. Neo keeps, uh, he hollows it out and keeps all of his discs in there. Ah. Um, the Wachowskis required the cast to read this book. The central premise is that capitalism has reprogrammed society in such a way that simulated copies of reality have become our reality. Mm. The example being Disneyland. Disneyland has become a place that we seek to recapture the joy of childhood, but for most people, that particular joy never really existed. We've always just associated it with the dream of visiting Disneyland, mm. but what is it representing? It's representing just other Disney movies that are themselves sugar-coated simulations of darker Grimm's Brothers fantasy source material. That's yeah. uh 
That's nice. Uh, that's making my mind expand. That's making me question everything around me. What's real? <laughs> what's not? I'm gonna break some shit in my room and see what's real and what's not. <laughs> and what Tommy is saying right now is basically how a lot of people felt in the late 90s when things like The Matrix came out, The Truman Show came out, and X-Files was on TV. Mm-hmm. Those titles specifically weren't just reflections of what was going on. For many people, they began, it was the genesis of their pop conspiracy thinking. In fact, terms like red pill from The Matrix has now been co-opted by many conspiracy theory movements as a term used for awakening someone from their bogus reality. And there have been a lot of studies showing the increasing popularity of real conspiracy theories like flat eartherism, false flag shootings, the moon landing being faked, 9-11 truthers are linked directly to those titles. Mm. And I I, want to say, when I say real conspiracy theories, I'm not saying the conspiracy theories themselves are uh, making real statements. It's just that people really believe this bullshit. Yes, very, very important discrepancy to make there. (laughs) And that's what's scary about this. Because of the numbers behind some of these theories, and because of the real world consequences that kind of thinking has, we have to take them seriously and talk about them now. I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ, that right there. And really the most recent wave of these series rapidly expanded between the years of around 2010 to 2013. And what happened then? Well, that's when smartphones with constant access to YouTube and other sites hit the market and got in the hands of, uh, you know, middle-aged dudes with plenty of time on their hands. Oh yeah. Oh no. That's me. <laughs> That's us. That's us, baby. Uh, we're not judging. We're judging a little bit because we have to bit. judge. But yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, there have been some thought experiments. Scientists actually believe that within 100 years, we may have the technology to simulate an entire universe down to a quantum level, including the inner workings of billions of individual minds. So let's say that like 200 years from now, the Earth that we live on is uninhabitable, which is looking increasingly likely, and humans interstellar-like have had to move to another planet, those future humans may choose to run simulations to test out strategies that will ensure that humanity then will not make the same mistakes again, and they'd likely run lots of simulations, tweaking things here and there to figure out which strategies worked best, and that means there would be many, many simulated realities, but only one true reality, and considering the law of probability, we right now are more likely to be in one of those simulations than not, are we not? Ah! Terrifying. You should be terrified. And, you know, we saw this in uh, that Black Mirror episode, Hang the DJ, right? Where the the Uh, couple... You know, they were found to just be one of many, many countless simulations to figure out how this dating app could connect to people. Mm. Uh, And a lot of people are saying, hey, it's possible we could be living in that reality. Despite having no evidence, (sighs) this is just conjecture. It sounds good to me. I'm willing to give all my time and money towards this theory. (laughs) Before you do that, you have to give all your time and money to Marvel uh, because Ah. they're the ones who pay the bills here. And we're going to break down the four specific elements in this WandaVision trailer that parallel the real life elements of the simulated reality conspiracy theory. The first one we're going to talk about is this concept called awakening. So fundamental to all conspiracy theories is a concept of an awakening, a cathartic eye-opening moment when that seed has taken root and you begin to see everything around you as part, as proof of your conspiracy theory of the simulation in this case. So uh, we talked about The Matrix. We've broken down The Matrix on this channel before, but the first act of that movie features three awakenings for Neo. Keanu's journey starts with Morpheus messaging him, wake up, Neo. Mm. And then the true awakening comes when he chooses the red pill. And he finally sees The Matrix as a clockwork mind prison from the outside after Mm. taking it. And the thing about awakening is once you have awoken, after you've been red pilled, it becomes impossible to go back. You cannot see your reality as you once saw it. 
So another example, in the Truman Show, in the beginning of that movie, a stage light falls from the sky. And the moment Truman sees that, he begins to question everything. The seed is planted, Mm -hmm. and all the fake, illusory aspects of his world gradually become apparent to him. Before that moment, he would see some of these uh, on-set goofs and just look past them. He didn't think to question it. But once that happens, everything changes. Now, WandaVision seems to be following this pattern, because both Wanda and Vision's eyes do go wide at that dinner party as they realize they didn't know their past or how they got here the aspect ratio of their sitcom world widens and it seems like each time wanda realizes her reality is simulated in the show that reality might collapse and then she adopts a new sitcom reality interesting interesting yeah tommy do you remember how we got here yeah um tommy do you remember how we got here you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes Oh, yes, I remember. Okay, I woke up to the sounds of my roommate screaming today, beating on my door, saying, You did it again! You did it again! You fell asleep to Blue's Clues again. It's so loud. It's on your Bluetooth. You Bluetooth Blue's Clues. It's so loud. You Bluetooth Blue's Clues. And that sounds like an interesting, redundant statement that might cause us to glitch, which brings us to our second aspect, glitching. So uh, glitches are freak occurrences that believers of simulated realities use as evidence. Ah. So this comes also from the Matrix, in which the glitch in the Matrix was the deja vu black cat. Deja vu. What is it? Deja vu is usually a glitch in the Matrix. There's actually an amazing subreddit called Glitch in the Matrix, which I love. Users describe similar experiences like they receive impossible phone calls. They they have false memories that they could not have had because they didn't live it. And then their brother will say, oh, that person died before you were born, but they have distinct memories of that person. It's fascinating. I got to get on that because that happens to me weekly. Like I experience something that I'm like, I've done this before. This has all happened before. Maybe I have powers. Maybe I'm the chosen one. I'm pretty sure you are. Just (laughs) eat this goop and live on our hovercraft and then... Plug in with us. Sounds good. The thing is, Tommy, a lot of us experience that. It's only people who have like a lot of spare time to actually think back and reflect back on their lives because Mm -hmm. the way memory is supposed to work is your mind is supposed to erase and recontextualize certain things Mm -hmm. in a way that is useful for you going forward. Memory is not supposed to be like a digital data dump where you can just go through files and objectively read what exactly Mm. went down our minds warp our realities uh from our perspective that's why we have this right to a speedy trial in our court system it's like witnesses their memories do change over time Mm. that doesn't mean that we should eliminate statute of limitations for for certain crimes right Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we're finding that that has been used to defend people who've done horrible horrible things in our society so we're having a broader conversation about that but uh what i'm saying is like when people claim that they remember something all the time we get our memories wrong Mm. there's a vast misunderstanding of how memory works but the idea behind this is that people when they work with machines when they work with technology we all know that eventually it glitches it hiccups because it's man-made it's imperfect what they end up doing is when confusing or strange or inexplicable phenomena happen in the real world they attribute it to glitches in our broader clockwork machinery Mm. so a great example of this is the mandela effect That's when people seem to be sharing collective false memories of things like Nelson Mandela dying in prison. He didn't. Or Sinbad starring in a genie movie called Kazam in the 90s. He didn't. Y'all killing me with this Or that the Berenstain Bears used to be spelled as the Berenstain Bears. They never were. Liar! No! 
But it is amazing how like movie theater employees will say, I remember in the 90s working in a movie theater and we had standees for Sinbad dressed up as a genie in a movie called Kazam. How do I remember this? I for sure remember that. And I don't, it's not true. That one was the Mandela one. I always knew he did not die in prison. The Berenstain Bears one was fine by me. I'm not a much of a reader and I'm afraid of bears. But the Sinbad one. That one hit me hard because I watched his sitcom, his Sinbadcom, and and I was certain that he was that he was in a movie called Kazam, and, and it turns out I was wrong. There was a Nickelodeon animated show Kablam. There was yeah. his name was Sinbad. There was the Shack Genie movie, yeah, which that was called Shazam, right? That was Shazam. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there, people are misremembering, and it's amazing how they can collectively. Mis- yeah, remember. that's what freaks me out. So we see evidence of this in WandaVision, right? So Wanda's reality glitches in obvious ways, like when she intentionally warps the living room furniture around her, she's aware of it. But also in like other ways that seem out of these characters' control, like when, if you look closely, all of time freezes around Vision at one point in mm-hmm. the trailer, suggesting, oh, this is how they're going to figure out that this reality is simulated. Mm-hmm. So, Tommy, my question for you is... Eric. Eric. D- Sorry, I I don't know what happened about that. I just got a really weird uh, feeling. Uh, things are starting to collapse here. We should move on to our next component, uh, government and media control. So a huge component of really all conspiracy theories is that all authority figures, governments, big media, big tech, big pharma, big financial elites, big religious institutions, they're all conspiring together to perpetuate whatever that lie is. George Orwell's 1984, a must read if you weren't forced to read it in high school. This was a fictionalized tale of how dystopian societies run on propaganda, doublespeak, fake news if your world is the media around you that media can be controlled in certain ways to spread lies and Mm. force you to believe things that are not objectively true and sadly as we know history has contributed to this belief um not just now this has been happening forever like world powers have waged wars over false pretenses they've engaged in wag the dog scenarios that's where they claim that there's something going on but they're really doing it just to distract from other scandals that they don't want to talk about we've seen cases of fake media, fake towns with rehearsed residents in places like Russia, North Korea, China, other places. There's false claims on Facebook that led to horrific ethnic cleansing in Guatemala in 1954. The CIA staged a coup and they broadcasted fake military events over the radio pretending to be news just to demoralize the Guatemalan army. And what's shitty about this is once there is evidence of that kind of trickery happened, it discredits the real legitimate news right. is people to just say, oh, they're just crisis actors. I don't believe this happened. Right. And that's how that seed of conspiracy thought is planted. Ay, ay, ay. is perfectly stated, Tommy. Uh, WandaVision seems to be stoking these coals with the shot of Monica Rambeau exiting the Wanda pocket reality, landing outside. And what's there? Of course, a classic X-Files government perimeter. Mm. And the question we're now asking is, is S.W.O.R.D. containing Wanda's reality warping magic or are they observing it? Also, basing each of Wanda's realities on sitcom tropes echoes the Truman Show. There is something inherently false about those multicam sets, and Wanda's simulation using the language of TV media to manifest her worlds is definitely reflective of what people think the the moon landing was, right? Like, they thought it was all on a TV set, so they couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. And Tommy, I've been recording you with your webcam the whole time we've been knowing each other. Oh, 
Well, you have seen a lot of me. We'll be having a long talk after this. Uh, some of it is just for, just for practice, Eric. I want you to know I exercise a lot in front of this thing, and I apologize for the exercise. Some of the imagery that you've seen. Okay. All right, all right. Ah, uh, yes. Our final, our final one, uh, which you could argue I've been doing this whole episode, is mm. gaslighting. Oh, I know all about this. I've been in a toxic relationship before, <laughs> Eric. I'm an expert in gaslighting. <laughs> we both benefited from and perpetuated ourselves yes. this kind of behavior. Yes. So what is gaslighting? We hear this term a lot. There's no such thing as gaslighting, <laughs> Eric. There's never been gaslighting. We've always been at war with gaslighting. Gaslighting is really the process by which an abuser psychologically manipulates and controls a victim by using discreet lies, by recoding, by implanting false memories. They suggest things have always been this way. You must have forgotten. It's mm -hmm. kind of this discreet, casual reinforcing of a false reality in someone's mind so that they're living in the reality you want for them so you can control them. Really, gaslighting is the bread and butter of cults and abusive relationships because it traps the victim into believing they deserve whatever mistreatment or oppression they're receiving and that there is no escape from it. This this is just how things are. Oh my God. <laughs> it's scary. This is the most frightening one because it happens all the time in all yeah. kinds of relationships. Yeah. Which is why we're talking about it because yeah. it's a complex thing. It happens in cults, but it also can happen in a workplace. It can happen within mm -hmm. families. And we all have yeah. to like come up with terms for these kind of things and talk about them so we can spot them when they're actually happening and mm -hmm. react accordingly. So while the other things we talked about are core tenets of conspiracy thought, gaslighting is the vicious one. That's the ongoing active method of reinforcing the false reality mm. so notice how in the matrix the agents continue to call neo mr anderson mm -hmm. in order to gaslight him into their coded label for mm -hmm. him as opposed to the identity he has selected for himself in the truman show we see this throughout right like his family and friends are continually gaslighting him mm -hmm. with things like a fear of water a fear of traveling oh truman you've never liked to travel i don't know what you're talking mm -hmm. about despite he clearly wants to break free you know right now there is evidence that i spotted in this uh WandaVision trailer of gaslighting with Agatha's Agnes form, Catherine Hahn's character, where she plays a role in that 50s sitcom reality. This is gonna be a gas. Yes. Tommy, she says the word gas. Yes. Gas. <laughs> That cannot be a coincidence. Nothing in conspiracies are a coincidence. So Tommy, Agreed. I think you should feel assured because I've obviously never made you question your reality, right? I've never done ne that to you. Never, never. no, never. No, you, well, there was, wait, no. No, you're never. misremembering. Remember I when I said all memories were false and made yes, up and, uh, and warped? Thank you, right? Yep. No, you're right? absolutely right, yep. Yeah, but no. No. Uh, so Tommy, I guess my question for you is, do you think by touching on things like a simulated reality conspiracy theory, do you think this will help people properly recognize when uh, that kind of thing is happening? Or is it more likely to do as Matrix did, force us to question our realities that we're living in that is actually real? <sighs> You're making it worse! Well, this is the danger of free thinking. Just kidding. I uh, know, free thinking <laughs> is, al is always good, but there's, you have to have a healthy dose of skepticism. I mean, healthy yes. is the key word. Because if a glitch in the matrix or a distortion in your reality is something that makes your life more conveniently justifiable, like everyone is against you, that's why things are going bad, or you can't get things done, or you can't take care of yourself because there's a conspiracy against you, then that is a sort of paranoia that we all can fall victim to, that it can be very dangerous. I'm protected because I made this hat. However, yeah. 
there is a I think a healthy amount of you know brow furrowing you need to have when you're watching things reported to you or given to you where you're like does this make sense especially through the internet now obviously there are real news sources that like are pretty watered down as it is but like when you're getting information from like a site called like cannonball eagle you might want to read through it and see if you're being manipulated i just think for me the danger is if you start thinking everything as a conspiracy theory then you start being able to justify why you could be a shitty person to everyone that's, that's what a, i yeah. that's what i see more in the red pilling is like red pilling seems to be an excuse to be a f-ing asshole sorry we'll delete that but uh no we're and, leaving and, it in and i would not uh i mean for me it's like i guess call me a nice little robot slave yeah, yeah, yeah. but i would like to not be a jerk and maybe live under some simulated pretenses in order to not be a belligerent head uh anyway no, you're right on the money, Tommy. And we're discovering this in like things like nerd media right now. You know, recently they announced that Electro's coming back for Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I got a lot of comments, people saying, is this legit? The source was The Hollywood Reporter. It's right. one of the most legit media yes. news sites. Whereas people will also send me messages. They're like, oh, this one anonymous Reddit comment said that Craven is going to be the new yeah. Avenger or something. I, I, it's I like, heard, it's confirmed, yeah, right? right? It's confirmed. Yeah. They can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. I heard Wolverine's going to be played by Giancarlo Esposito, according to comicbonanza.org. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I think it's more important than ever to go into your Rather than waiting for news to hit you, you have to preemptively, as yeah. a young adult, determine what legitimate valid news sources are and and understand that there's a difference between gossip columns uh, Mm -hmm. forums and things like that and things that are real news and you can tell things are real news if they are independently verified if they Mm -hmm. actually read they have connections to the source and they are connecting things not just through one source but through multiple sources that can confirm and verify these things and also whatever you feel about publications like the washington post the new york times when they report something they have their entire uh paper credibility so much on stake they lose so much if they print something wrong and then they retract it later if they do as opposed to other sites that don't even bother with that part and they have legal obligations yes there's litigation that can be in the millions and hundreds of millions of dollars as we saw from gawker hulk hogan's suit against gawker it's like to take something to print requires is in that forum a pretty fair amount of sourcing right. and, uh, that's already done which is why i'm sure eric you share the frustration of like when an article or a thought is shared that is already attached to a good source the annoyance of someone underneath going source it's like the source is the thing that i printed for you that is a very legitimate news institution i'm sorry i don't know who hurt you you have been hurt by somebody that much is clear and that's the danger of uh political actors discrediting valid trusted uh decades old media institutions just because they don't serve them or they don't paint a positive portrayal of them that's not what an independent media is supposed to do they are not propaganda machines and if they're reporting negative things about the president it's because the president is the most powerful figure on earth and needs to have an independent media criticizing the fact that he didn't pay his taxes yeah or doing other negative things don't at me don't don't at me uh but can you guys believe this clown just kidding that's a quote for the debate (laughs) shut up man (laughs) will you shut up oh boy don't you ever use the word smart around me again (laughs) (laughs) what an insane time we're living in well let us move on to some people who helped us make this episode starting with our friends at doordash 
Between answering emails, Zoom calls, and watching every new Rockstar's video multiple times to make sure I didn't make a mistake or mispronounce the name of an obscure French philosopher, Descartes, Descartes, Descartes? I think it's Dujgars. Sounds about right. <laughs> you don't always have time to cook, do you, Tommy? No, never. For me, it's all Wendy's all the time. <laughs> well, not anymore with our friends at DoorDash. You can give yourself one less thing to worry about. Let DoorDash take care of your next meal. So DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, whether it's Wendy's mm. or something else right to your door ordering is easy open the doordash app choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting with over nice. 300,000 partners in the u.s puerto rico canada australia you can support your local go-to's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like wendy's like the cheesecake factory or like my favorite chipotle oh yeah they don't have freezers there you know that eric they don't have freezers in chipotle that's how don't fresh it is they don't eat them. They, they don't, don't eat them. them. I ate them on episodes of Rogue Theory recently. Mm. Made a little Chipotle cameo. Mm. Uh, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order for $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BIGQUESTION. That is $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code Big question. Don't forget that's code big question for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yes. We also want to thank our friends at Native for sponsoring this episode. So, my body is a finely tuned machine of whatever snacks and drinks are within arm's reach while I rush to get stuff done. It's a finely tuned machine in which the oil is oil from pizza cheese. Pizza time. But that said, I do believe that performance matters when it comes to what I put in my body. It has to do its job well. My snacks better fill my tum-tum upright, <laughs> and my deodorant better keep me smelling fresh all day long. Well, okay. native deodorant doesn't just block odor better. It is made better. Native Ooh. has great natural ingredients like coconut oil and shea butter. Mm -hmm. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Aw. I like when they really put deodorant all over the animals, but fair enough. Animals don't care if they stink, so we shouldn't force them to smell better so that we can smell slightly better. Okay. See, aluminum forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. That's why Native never uses ingredients like aluminum, parabens, sulfates. But switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 different scents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. Popular scents include coconut and vanilla and citrus and herbal musk. Oh, yes. You smell good. My favorite scent is eucalyptus and mint, mm. which Tommy smells like a koala was chewing some spearmint and breathed into my armpits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just really refreshing. It keeps me smelling nice even after a long day under the hot lights of the blue dungeon, which mm. it gets very hot in here. It's like the surface of the sun. Native is risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out the over 14,000 five-star reviews. Do what I did. Make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash bigquestion or use the promo code bigquestion at checkout and get 20% off your first order. Woohoo! That is nativedo.com. 
slash big question or use the promo code big question at checkout for 20% off your first order. And now we move on to some bite size stuff. We got one question that Tommy's going to answer. Our friend Rob sent us this amazing letter. We finally were able to check our mail. Uh, thank you for handwriting a letter into us, Rob. It was so nice to hear from you. But if you read it here, he was asking all about uh, movies that make predictions for the future. And he talked about having watched Back to the Future Part 2 recently and how weirdly parallel that alternate 1985 is to the world we're currently living in. So mm. we're going to boil it all down. Rob wants to know what movie got the prediction of the future most correct? Hmm. Well, Eric and Rob, that's a tough one to answer because lots of movies and TV shows have been pretty good at predicting stuff, but then uh, have completely missed out on other things. So it's a little yeah, bit of a sure. credibility gap. Give 2001 A Space Odyssey some credit for how far out their predictions of Skype-style video calls and voice-controlled robots like Siri were all the way back in 1968. Woo! And let me tell you, my Alexa had me held hostage in my living room last night for over an hour, so it's <laughs> no joke. You should be more polite to her. I, you know what, you're right. I should stop calling her the B word. Beautiful. <laughs> However, uh, as is uh, 2001 Space Odyssey did fail to predict, we have not uh, had space tourism yet, and robots have not murdered humans yet that we know. That we know. So let's take a look at some other films. First, we have Back to the Future, part deux, part two, uh, my favorite Back to the Future as a child. It was made in 1989, set in 2015. Here's what they got right. Google Glass-style eyewear, proto-Bluetooth headsets, flat-screen TVs, Skype-style phone calls, video billboards. Nike did make the Mag Air designed to look like the shoes in the film, but that was more of a tribute and, uh, you know, inspired by the movie rather than a prediction. What they got wrong was flying cars, hoverboards, drone dog walkers, but that's got to be coming soon. Wearing two ties at once, sound effects vests, and they failed to predict the internet or widespread cell phones. So, but they got the World Series right, right? They said they the Cubs would win the World Series in 2015. Wish I could have put a little money on the Bubby. Yeah. yeah. Against a team from Miami, which is not true, but a team did eventually not move to Miami, but change from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins. So That's not right. bad. I'm still waiting for clothes that can auto dry clean themselves, which would be very nice. Your jacket is now dry. I also have been wanting to have my Pizza Hut rehydrated. Oh, you really know how to hydrate a pizza, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such yeah, a good... Back to the Future Part 2 was weirdly accurate. It's kind of yeah. creepy. I mean, not to mention we have a very powerful leader that is essentially Donald Trump living yeah. in a casino. You know, like, that's insane. Yeah. And then we have people who have uh, machine guns on their porches. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> we have Mr. Strickland speaking of the Mr. Strickland, yes. <laughs> Two McFlies with the same gun. Okay, so next we have Contagion. The 2011 movie accurately predicted a lot about our current global pandemic, including yeah. the virus starting when a wild animal, in the case of coronavirus and COVID-19, a bat, is pushed out of its habitat due to deforestation and interacts with our food system. The transmission and the symptoms are somewhat similar. Yeah, they're both respiratory and yeah, yeah you have Fevers. to worry about... Um, yeah, surfaces and stuff. Uh, travel is greatly limited, and some forms of martial law are imposed after violence breaks out. Hucksters are out there peddling false cures. I'm looking at you injecting bleach into your body, which was clearly said sarcastically, even though it wasn't. The president has taken his third bleach injection and has made a full recovery. And also that... <laughs> 
Also, those women that were on that like faith healer show talking about like silver nitrate. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. It doesn't cause COVID. So no. you know what else doesn't cause COVID? This dick. Uh, <laughs> oh God, we can't put that in. Uh, 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 okay, so here's what. Uh, here's what. The, that's just for the three of us. <laughs> here's what they got wrong. The contagion disease. Uh, the contagion disease was much deadlier than Corona, though they yeah, have similar. Yeah, yeah are not rates of spread so yeah. let's hope that's not a look at things to come there's been no evidence of people being naturally immune to COVID-19 like Matt Damon's character was in the movie Contagion although I like to think I'm pretty special yeah 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 we did a whole video comparing right when this began a ton of yeah. people were watching Contagion we want to uh -huh. do a video kind of clarifying how this is similar and how we should be cautious and, yeah. and how we should be put at ease what is really scary about Contagion is by the end of Contagion they say 20 million people died we have had yeah. over a million people die so yeah. far. And that is scary yeah. that we're anywhere close. Yeah. Like, this is uh, horrifying. Equally as terrifying, slightly less depressing note, let's talk about Idiocracy, made in 2006, set in 2506. That's right. Here's what they got right. Fast food in the White House, and boy, did they nail that one. Trump tried to nominate Andrew Puzder, a former Carl's Jr. exec, to be the Secretary of Labor. I'm a Secretary of State. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. Cars that can be remotely disabled if they don't pay their bills. That's uh, terrifying and accurate. Here's what they got wrong. Dead crops due to watering them with electrolyte drinks. But there's still time. And God, if Fuddruckers doesn't become butt after they get over the chapter 11. <laughs> you had a Terry Crews, a, a pro wrestler as president, and people yeah. are pushing The Rock to run for president. There right. is still time. And Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. So anyone who's received a Stone Cold Stunner, to me, is always <laughs> eligible to be in the White House. Looking uh. at you, Mike Tyson. All right, we got time for one final box of scraps question. Box of scraps! Staying on the theme of this episode, Tommy... Yes. Have you ever had a glitch in the matrix moment? Uh, yes. I've had some weird, like, obviously I talked about having the deja vu thing. And then I, uh -huh. I have superstitions about like flying where like, if my flight's going to be changed, I am always agonizing over like the flight that I was supposed to be on is going to land safely. The flight that I have changed to now is going to crash or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I think about like, those are obviously negative ones. I have like a positive one when I was... 10 years old, we went to Disney World for the first time with my, my uncle Bob took us with my dad and my mom and, and his wife and kids. And when we got there, our aunt, our great aunt Ellie was in Main Street, USA with like distant cousin of ours. Whoa. She do like she like she was like their aunt as well. But we had no relationship with them. So we had no idea she was going to be there. So we saw her. We were close with her. And she was a really nice, sweet old woman. And she passed away like two weeks after that. And there's no way any of us would have seen her again. Like, you know, we would have never gotten Ooh. a chance. She was old. She was like in her late eighties. Not, yeah. not that that makes, not that it ever makes it less sad, but not, sure. I don't want to say she suddenly died at 54 in the middle of right. her prime. Oh, but, yeah. but like we saw her in Disney world and like got a, spent a few moments. I think we, we ended up having lunch with them and like got to spend a little time with her for one last time. And then that was it. And then that was the last time any of us ever saw her. So that to me was one of those like we were you know based in rochester new york mm -hmm. we're almost two thousand miles away in in florida had no knowledge that she was going to be there despite being relatively close with her mm -hmm. and, and also we just ran into her like we were yeah. at a massive park you know i don't know how many people are in a disney property at any given point when there's no covid 
but like I assume it's hundreds of thousands. We found her at the exact point and met up with her. And this was all pre-cell phone too, so it's not like we could have texted and you know made any sort of plans. So that's what I got for my glitch in the matrix. I have a glitch in the matrix thing that might just be a false memory that was right. implanted in my head. That does make sure. sense. But when I was uh, like four or five years old, my family went on a road trip. We were from Jacksonville. We went on a road trip to South Florida, to the Florida Keys. We we're staying in all these different hotels along this trip. There was five of us piled in this uh, weird small van. It was like this particular uh, tan gold colored van that like it was distinct. Like I didn't mm -hmm. see any other vans. I've never seen another van that looks like this. But at one point we pull into the parking lot. It was like late at night. No one is in this parking lot. We're, we park in this part of the parking lot. No one, no other car is around. It's like, you know, this this vacant lot. So I, I get out of the car and I start making my way to the lobby across the parking lot. And then I look over and my family is leaving in the van. Oh they're, God. They're pulling out of the parking lot and I freak out. I start screaming and crying, running after it. <laughs> I have like my night night blanket that's just like uh, toting like a cape behind yeah. me and I'm screaming trying to flag them down and the the car slams on the brakes screeches to a halt and I run up to it and the window rolls down and it's like this man I've never seen before oh god uh just staring at me so confused and then my brother calls over to me and he goes Eric, what are you doing? And then he's over there with my family and I'm just staring at them confused. I look back at the car, I just flagged down. It is gone. Oh God. Must have, I assume, pulled out of the out of the lot, but it was gone. And it's something that scarred me. Somehow I was so confused as a five-year-old thinking yeah. my family had left me behind, but it was just happened to be someone else who had the same exact car. Wow. Yeah. That is bonkers. <laughs> it was weird. I, I It probably didn't go down exactly like that. I am remembering, you know, over 20 years ago. It sounds like... A glitch in the Matrix? <laughs> yes. Sounds like a glitch in the Matrix to me. Proof we're living in a fake world. Hell yes. <laughs> well, that is our show. Uh, so great to talk with you, Tommy. I feel like we cleared yes. a lot of things up. If you have Agreed. an interesting simulated reality glitch in the Matrix moment from your past, share it in the comments below. We want to hear about it. We love hearing these kind of stories. A reminder that you can join our official Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. You can get an audio version of the show by subscribing to New Rockstars Big Question wherever you get your podcasts. You can also send us your big questions on Twitter using the hashtag BigQuestion. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow New Rockstars on social. Subscribe here on YouTube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about. Uh, mm. Question everything, including the people who are telling you to question everything. The truth is out there! <laughs> it's it's probably in a book. A reading rainbow. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Stay Go safe. Bills. Bye. <laughs>